Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Joining us right now, though, to give us the autopsy on the 2022 Tampa Bay Bucks and the Washington Commanders, for that matter, is David Harrison. You can give him a follow on Twitter at dharrison eighty two. Are you just getting up, David? I know last night probably a long night for you. Uh, it, it was a long night, but no, I've, I've been up for for a while now doing some work for the network and everything. You know, I, was, I was actually wondering when you texted me, is this going to be about offensive coordinators, quarterbacks, or the Buccaneers? I didn't know which which to uh, to expect coming on here today. <laughs> what, what What is the temperature? It had to be – I was more disappointed than surprised. Yeah. No, definitely, definitely not a surprise. I mean, disappointment is a good way to put it. You know, if, if you look at the last six quarters that the Buccaneers starters played at the end of the regular season, you know that that, that game where they clinched the NFC South and then the half they played against the Falcons, they they'd gotten into scoring range on half of their offensive drives through those six quarters, and it kind of started to look like maybe they were making a turn back towards the 2021 2020 Buccaneers offense uh, offensive approach that we'd seen, and then it set so many franchises and some NFL records. Uh, and obviously had proven to be successful. But then you come out uh, in this wild card game against Dak Prescott and Dallas Cowboys. And I said on Locked On Bucks, like Dak Prescott's going to be a quarterback who is aware of the pressure of his reputation. And that's exactly what he looked like early on in that game. But the Buccaneers offense did absolutely nothing to help apply more pressure while his defense was getting the Cowboys off, you know, three and outs on the first two drives. And then once the seal got broken, you know, uh, essentially after that, that interception, uh, in the red zone, in the back of the end zone, there from Tom, like that. Honestly, that was that was pretty much it. Yeah, I feel like a lot of the the, the conversation this morning about the Bucks' demise. Byron Leftwich, the offensive coordinator, is getting a lot of flack. David, yeah. it just felt like watching last night. They couldn't, outside of the opening two possessions of the game, defensively, they just could not get consistent pressure all night long, and it felt like Kellen Moore was one step ahead of this Bucks defense all night long. What, what do you make uh, of this? The, the linebackers, Bush and White, I mean, they're, they're one, one of the best pairs in the National Football League. And Dalton Schultz goes insane last night. Yeah, you know, uh, uh, it was Dan Orlovsky pointed out, pointed out on social media that basically once the Dallas Cowboys started using tempo and going no huddle and doing all those things, they really were able to exploit the Buccaneers' uh, defense. And, and what, you, what, the, what the correlating report was that basically Kellen, Kellen Moore figured out their hand signals. And I mean, remember, you know, this is, wow. this is a team. They've played Todd Bowles defense twice in the last two regular seasons, both opening weeks of 2020 and 2021. And then obviously you've had the opportunities to send people to games and observe and, and do all these things. So Kellen Moore, one of the, one of the brightest young minds, you know, in, in NFL coaching circles has figured out your hand and arm signals. 
and he's putting you out there under pressure, not letting you sub the way that you want to, and you are literally forced to communicate using those hand and arm signals that he's now probably taught to Dak Prescott and his guys. It kind of makes sense. But, yeah, I mean, but, you know, the, the Buccaneers defense has been great for the most part throughout the season and really kept this team in a lot of games. But when they've been bad, they've been really, really bad. I think this is the first time, though, that we've seen the majority, if not the entire starting unit on the field, uh, I mean, absent of Shaq Barrett, who obviously was lost for the season. He was lost. And them still look this bad. Usually it's, you know, there's like Antoine Winfield Jr.'s out, Carlton Davis is out, you're kind of, there's depth guys out there, so you expect some struggles. But this was, by and large, the, the defensive unit, the starting unit, uh, mostly intact outside of the fact that Todd Bowles decided to play Sean Murphy Bunting on as an outside corner where he usually puts Jamel Dean, who's one of the better zone corners uh, in the NFL. Yeah, Dallas was also – the talent never surprises me. They always have that. Tampa wasn't able to force them to make the mistakes that they usually make as being one of the more penalized teams in the mm-hmm. game. And I just look at where the division and who you play ultimately catches up with you. And you were in the most marginal division in the game, and it just plays off. Whereas the Cowboys, by contrast, they a lot of theirs were self inflicted wounds, but their talent yeah. was always there, and the way they pressured the quarterback. And I tried to tell everybody, you cannot play all year and come in a playoff game and expect to be your best. That's impossible. Yeah. No, absolutely, and I think that's a, that's a great point. I think when you look back at you know when when Washington kind of uh, backed into the playoffs, winning the NFC East during during that year when they were one of the worst divisions in the league, it's, right. it's kind of flip flop this exactly. year. Now the NFC East is a strength and now the NFC South. I've been calling them the NFC slouch all year, mm-hmm. you know, for, for the same reason we called them the NFC least when that division right. was down. And and not only in game stock, but also in practice. There's been questions all year long. Going back to training camp, honestly, I went down, you know, Linnell knows I went down for a week during training camp to to observe the Buccaneers camp uh, in person while I was spending the rest of the time with Washington. And it was a much different atmosphere. I mean, you know, everybody's out music playing and everybody's, wanting to have fun and have fan engagement and all that stuff too, but just the level of work and the way that the, the intensity level and the work was being done. And then throughout the season, you know, hearing from people that I trust who are on ground on a daily basis there in Florida, you get kind of the same reports that these players really aren't having pressure applied to them. We're having to go through some of these challenges in practice. So then when they get hit in the mouth in the game, it, they can't come back from it. And everybody's kind of hoping Ryan Jensen returning yesterday would kind of bring that edge back. But you know, Ryan can only do so much in, in one game in one full week practice. I want to talk about Jensen for a second because holy crap. Yeah. Like, can you, for the fans mm-hmm. that aren't familiar with the severity of the knee injury that he had and when it yeah. happened and the fact that he was able to play yesterday is remarkable. No, it is. I mean, you know, the, the Buccaneers did a really good job of keeping kind of a tight lip on just at the extent of the damage. But I mean, he basically damaged everything you could damage and flipped his meniscus is what I hear. And I, I mean, I'm not a doctor by any means, but I didn't even know you could flip a meniscus. Yeah, and, and, you know, to, to not have surgery, to go through anything that he did and to come back, I mean, you know, a simple, I don't want to say simple, but just having an ACL uh, tear, you know, alone is usually a nine month process. Now that tells me, again, I'm not a doctor, but I assume there is a tear in it and it's not torn. And, and I think that's, that's a significant difference. Right. But, I think still the fact that he came back when he did just shows, one, how tough how tough he is, and that's why he's got the chunk yard dog uh, reputation that he does, but two, also how much he's dedicated to try to help this team as much as possible. And, you know, the reports also came out that he never left. Like, he never left the team. 
he never left the organization. He's been around and in the building uh, the entire time during his recovery. And I think that, you know, again, that also speaks to just kind of the character of who Ryan is. You know, everybody likes it when you're a nice guy, but I find it seldom that it ever works without a jackass in the group. And when their jackass went up in the front office, the Kango King, that's who Tampa is. Swag, but stiffness, you know, and his theme and the way they operate, I I just, even though you can still have the X's and O's that Todd and them guys bring you, they're very sound in that. But where was the jackass? I mean, who was the person to, to threaten them? Yeah. And to push them beyond that, that's what he did. I think they tried to get him to do it from the luxury. It doesn't work. And Tom, again, you can't put that kind of pressure on a guy at his at this development in his career. I've never seen him miss more passes. If he's not accurate and he's no threat of run, you kind of like you got all of it out of it that you could. To me, it's almost like Baltimore. It was a great effort. You dominated in your space. That space no longer exists. You got to evolve. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I go, I go all the way back to when the Buccaneers lost in Pittsburgh, and I said after that game that it looked to me like an offensive coordinator in the play calling and a quarterback in the execution that neither of them trusted their offensive line. And, right. and you guys know as well as I do, like the, the, the pressure that a quarterback gets is cumulative. And, and when that confidence in the offensive line doesn't grow during the course of the year, I mean, that's, that's weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks of distrust and pressure yeah. that Tom Brady is feeling. And he knows. He, not only can he not run, he never he, he could never run, never, honestly, right? right? But right. now he can't even climb the pocket as efficiently and quickly as he used to be able to kind of in his heyday. And I think that's, that's a huge thing. And that's why you see some of these rush throws and some of these, these high balls that typically would be higher dirt balls that typically wouldn't be uh, in, in the dirt. And that's, you know, everybody was talking about what's Tom Brady's future. I think that's really what you have to look at is if, he, if he's going to stay in Tampa, they've got to shore up that offensive line. If he can't, if they can't, he's going to go somewhere where they either have an offensive line already established or they have the resources to do that for him because he, he has to have it. You know, uh, the, the commander's talking about one in the NFL arm, the leadership, and the ability to improvise. Tom Brady has two of those three. What he's lacking is the ability to improvise. And when you have that, uh, like you just said, I mean, defenses are faster and faster uh, every, every single year. So yeah. you've got to give him that time. He's not something that he can manufacture on his own. No, he had a great run. <clears throat> we'll go to the other team that you covered, David. The Washington Commanders, they're uh, in the news as, as always here. It's the offseason. It's mm-hmm. only the season that for years this, this team has dominated. The offensive coordinator spot. Uh, we had the report from CBS Sports and Jonathan Jones come out this weekend that the offensive coordinator candidates that they have talked to, uh, they have told them you know, upon interviewing them that Sam Howe, the quote mm-hmm. was most likely, is going to be the QB1 uh, heading into the offseason program. What do you make of that decision? And then what type of names do you expect to garner interest uh, on the open market? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I like that sense. And, and this is kind of the complicated part of the quarterback conversation, along with the offensive coordinator uh, conversation, because if you're going to bring a veteran into this fold, which I think they have to, you know, if, if you're expecting Sam to either come into camp as the number one guy or at least have the opportunity to win the number one job, you, you're kind of limited. Like, you're not bringing Tom Brady in, right? And, and I don't know that they ever would be able to anywhere would, would even entertain that. But, like, you're not bringing in Tom Brady. I don't know if you're even bringing Derek Carr, to be quite honest with you. I think Derek is going to look for a place. If he agrees to a trade and waives that no-trade clause, it's going to be a place where he's the guy 
Um, if he if he's released ultimately and gets to sign with whoever he wants, I think it's the same same situation. So I think now you're narrowing it down to like a Jimmy Garoppolo, Ryan Tannehill type of situation. Marcus Mariota, you know, I, I, you know, obviously his time in Atlanta is is probably done. So you know, I, it limits who you're going to bring in, and I don't necessarily think that's that's a bad thing, but. Uh, something that I haven't dropped on the show yet is honestly, if you're going to do that, you almost might as well just bring Taylor back, in, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And then as an offensive coordinator, you know, even if you have that veteran presence, I like them kind of spearheading and saying, you know, we want to hire a guy with Sam in mind because let's be honest, if Jimmy G, Ryan Tannehill, whoever the veteran name comes in, beat Sam Howell, if the system is still being built around kind of the younger talent you have in your stable and, and, and the guy that you think has the most potential for the future then if there comes a time where you got to pull the trigger and put him in, whether it's four or five games in, or maybe even 2024, you've already got a system kind of built around him, so he's not having to now relearn something that's, that's better built for him, if that makes sense. Yeah, that's the dice throw. Because if you change the system, then you take away Heineke's only advantage. Yeah. Is that he knew the system. Right. Uh, I, I think yep. that either you keep your system intact so that Howell doesn't have to relearn anything. He builds on it, and Heineke doesn't either. Right. Now he's an asset. If not, I don't see him. I think him being a detriment to a program that's yeah. new. you you got to pull the cord. And then, again, who's in charge? Um, and then I thought in a coach-centric approach, <laughs> the head guy was in charge of everything. So I, I'm I'm still confused. I'm still confused by how the offensive coordinator got blamed for something he didn't even have the power to administrate. Mm. That's 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 a very valid point. That's a very valid point. You know, the 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 problem with with Taylor, you know, uh, the 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 point that you know he knows the system so much better than than really any other quarterback is is 100% valid obviously, but I almost wonder if Taylor wouldn't grow a little bit more if he's put under the pressure of a different system, different coach, different approach, and see if maybe that – I'm not saying it would turn him into an all-pro or, or anything like that, but even that might just get a little bit more juice out of him. And, gotcha. and if you come in scheming for that ability, I think Sam – you know, not, I don't think – they're not the same quarterback, obviously, but I think no. they can do similar things. What I would like to see and what I think the difference is, if, if you come in with, say, Taylor Heineke, Sam Howell, and Jake Fromm. I know I said in that order, but you know the, the order at the top two is kind of debatable. Yeah. I think what you have there is you have a situation where this this locker room obviously loves Taylor, and the fans love Taylor. And the 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 last two seasons, what we've seen is Washington try to bring in a veteran quarterback and say this guy's better than Taylor. Just believe us, get behind him, and trust us. And it hasn't worked out, and so everybody gets behind Taylor. But Taylor is the kind of guy, and when we see him in the locker room, we see him in practice, he will support a supporting quarterback, and I think he's done a great job of doing it. If this locker room sees a battle, Sam Howell and Taylor Heineke, and they come to camp, new offense coordinator, you know, maybe a little bit of a different wrinkle in the scheme, generally wanting to accentuate the same skill sets in both guys, and Sam legitimately takes that job, just, just legitimately comes in there and performs better and shows this locker room shows Taylor, the head coach, everybody, that he is the better man for the job. I think that's how you keep Taylor Heineke and get this locker room behind the new guy. As long as you force it on them, their love is going to be behind Taylor, and I think that's a significant problem. So this is the opportunity, I think, to do it the right way. And if Sam's not ready yet, you throw Taylor out there, and maybe four or five weeks later, Sam is ready, and you know Taylor's going to be there cheering on his guy and doing the best he can as a backup. Yeah, I like that. 
I could live with that. Yeah. It'll be an interesting offseason, David. We appreciate you giving us some time. Thank you. Yeah, take some downtime here for a second. I know your buck season is over now, but (laughs) your commander's beat doesn't get any easier, my friend. Yeah, yeah, I'll be in Mobile in a couple weeks. All All right. I enjoy that. We'll talk to you then, my friend. Yeah, Reese's. All right. Yeah. That is David Harrison, the co-host of the Locked On Commanders podcast, and he's the host of the Locked On Bucks podcast. Follow him on Twitter. He's really good. At DHarrison82, phenomenal. Gives you great insight, and I think he's got one of the more exciting gigs in the league to be able to take and compare two different franchises while in camp. It shows you who's real and why they have success and who's fake and why they don't have success. And I think his comments and the difference in practice style – in Tampa and Washington, I think is is, is confirming what we already knew. Because I know oh, yeah. you already you've been saying that. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of colors starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them with more on the way. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future. In vehicles and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified, diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you. A hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyondzero. Toyota, let's go places.